Uh, Wait, what? No. <laughs> All of my friends were convinced that it was someone catfishing me. Because yeah, yeah. we've been talking for so long. 100%. Hey, you're listening to Shots and Thoughts, a podcast all about life, dating, and relationships as a 30-something. I'm Olivia. I'm Amy. And I'm Ashley. I'm like, why are you clapping? They're just excited. (laughs) They're just happy. And just a reminder, we're all adults here, so drink responsibly. Welcome back to another episode of Shots and Thoughts. How's it going? Good. Good, good. Just got done with a whole weekend of camping. Oh, boy. Oh, wow. I'm glad to see that you survived and didn't get eaten by a bear. Yeah, I think I'm too old for sleeping outside. (laughs) (laughs) Per our last conversation about are we too old for bad pillows are we yes. too old for sleeping outside <laughs> probably if, if i had a love sack in my tent <laughs> i probably would have slept a lot better oh lord <laughs> i don't believe that not even for a second <laughs> i have been thinking about now that the pandemic is hopefully sort of easing up blah 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 we're getting back to normal life all of the things that i want to start doing again And one of those things is we used to get together for pageants and do pageant parties at Ashley's condo or Ashley's apartment before that. And there would be brackets and you would bet kind of on the women and who was going to win. And there was beer. And I just, I loved it. And I miss that so, so much. We are entering pageant season, everybody. We're getting there. I miss it because it was always your dad or I that would win. And we were very competitive against each other. That's true. That's true. Somehow you and my father, the least pageanty people at all, but the most competitive probably would yes. always win. <laughs> yeah. I like the challenge. Yeah. Yeah. This was just my way. I created this uh, idea for pageant parties pretty early on when I moved to Wisconsin after college, because it was my way of not sitting at home getting excited for like certain people to make it to the top 10 by myself. I was like, I need my (laughs) friends to be invested in this somehow. How can Mm -hmm. I bribe them into being involved? Yeah. So in a past life, I uh, competed in pageants for 11 years, I think. Wow. 11, 11, 12 years, not super competitively. I don't have a lot of uh, titles and crowns and sashes, but I pretty quickly moved up from a local hometown type situation to the state level stuff and just shot myself in the foot by doing that. But they were a lot of fun. (laughs) Like the big state ones were a lot of fun. Um, But Olivia, I know that one of the things that we've talked about in the past is that when I started at the job where you and I met, Mm -hmm. they made me fill out a profile and just like little bits about me that they were sending to everybody. And I remember that I had to start um, a certain day because I had like a long weekend right before I started because it was Miss Wisconsin USA, Mm -hmm. uh, that weekend. And it was the last, I think it was the last year I was able to compete. I was aging out. You can, Mm -hmm. I'm retired now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and, uh, because of that, you thought that you were not going to like me at all. 
Yeah, this profile was sent out about you were this like beauty pageant queen and you couldn't start because you were doing your last pageant ever. And I was like, ugh, I'm going to hate this girl. She's not (laughs) going to be my type of person. Because I think I had built up in my head what beauty pageant girls were like. And okay, remember another girl we worked with who had dark hair? She was the epitome of that, but I th- definitely I, think there were a lot of myths that I had. Maybe you can clear some of this up. Yes. Well, I can start off with a, a bad story and then we can move to the more positive yeah. because I think the girl that you were mentioning, isn't she the girl that I had a run in with at Miss Wisconsin? Yes. Yes. Okay. So I didn't work with her at that job. I found out later. This is how I'm going to try to tell the story. So I started at that job. And people said, oh, did you know, let's make up a name for her, Danielle. Did you know Danielle? Danielle used to work here. She just left. And I was like, oh, do I know Danielle? Yes, I do. (laughs) Um, One time at Miss Wisconsin, it wasn't that time, that last time. It was a a time before, a couple of years before um, Danielle, as we'll call her. Um, I made semifinals, which means that you make the top 15. So you compete in preliminary stuff Thursday and Friday. And then on Saturday, you go out on stage. And this is typically what you would see on TV. You go out on stage, they announce the top 15, and you basically redo everything you did in preliminaries, but in front of an audience. And then the judges decide who they like. So if you don't make semifinals on Saturday, you don't do much, you know, like all your fun is over. Yeah. You do what they call the parade of gowns, which means everybody comes out in their gowns so they get to show it, but you don't get to compete. So the goal was always to make semifinals so you could compete. Um, I made semifinals and Danielle did not. And so I'm sprinting back to the dressing room because after they announce who made semifinals, you have to change out of your like black opening number outfit and into a swimsuit. I'm sprinting back there in six inch heels taking off my clothes, just butt ass naked. And this girl is like, I can't believe that you made it into semifinals. And I didn't, I'm like putting on a swimsuit. I'm taping, taping my swimsuit to my butt. So I don't get a wedgie. And I'm just like, Oh, I'm so sorry. (laughs) Sorry. You didn't make semifinals. Um, You know, the, the, the saying in pageantry is different judges, different day, different outcome. Like it does, you could just have one different judge judge one day and you could have made semifinals. It could be just a bad day. Anyways, I I said that. And then I was like, well, you still have the parade of gowns. Are you going to change into your gown? And she was like, I'm not going out there. They don't deserve to see me in my gown. (laughs) (laughs) This whole time I'm like trying to prep for being on stage in a minute. You know what I mean? Like she was just such a witch about it. So that was my experience there. She's and that also, is the type of, go ahead. She's also the type of person who made a proposal video. Like she knew she was getting proposed to set up a camera. And basically the entire video was her walking around the pool in a swimsuit. So she could post on Facebook and everyone could see her butt. Yeah. So unfortunately wow. those types of people are what like Olivia thought all of us were like, and that's what I think a lot of people think of pageant people. I will say that's not the case. I competed at that Miss Wisconsin with probably 140 girls. And I can think of three off the top of my head that were like that. And the rest were not, you know? So like, yeah. So there's a couple bad eggs in the batch, you know, 
but for the most part, everybody's good. I'm curious, what were some of your other stereotypes? Amy, do you have any stereotypes that you thought of pageant people before you met me and I made you like them? Well, I had watched Drop Dead Gorgeous like a mm. million times. So between <laughs> that and Miss Congeniality, yes. those were what I thought all beauty pageant people were. Yeah, I will say Miss Congeniality isn't too bad. Like, I feel like that's <laughs> pretty accurate. There's always like the one girl who's been doing them forever and is very serious. And there's the one girl who's like, I'm new and just doing it for fun. And she usually places pretty well. <laughs> there's like the girl who's just nice or the girl who's good at talent and so she's there to showcase her talent like Miss Congeniality I will say for being a hyped up like version of it really isn't too far off base but (laughs) Drop Dead Gorgeous is yeah that's something else (laughs) how would you answer the question what is your ideal date (laughs) obviously I would say April 26th is it 25th or 26th 26th all you need is a light jacket that's also another perception that I had of beauty pageants that it would be kind of these ditzy girls who just say these scripted things but I will say that's one of the parts that I enjoy don't enjoy the most about some of the pageants where they do answer those questions because sometimes it's just it's cringy oh yeah and I get it like you don't necessarily know what you're going to be asked and you're trying to come up with this on the spot there's a lot of pressure it's nerve-wracking public speaking is hard but Yeah. I mean, that's one of those things that I try to tell people like, you know, when you speak in a meeting even, or a presentation of some sort and you walk away and you're like, I blacked out. I don't know what I said. (laughs) (laughs) That's what these poor women are going through on like national television in front of everyone, knowing that if they answer this question, this one question properly, their whole lives are going to change or they're going to be labeled as like the stupid ditzy pageant girl. So like, there's a ton of pressure on you. And the questions they ask are not easy. They've gotten increasingly more difficult where people are trying to solve the world's problem in a 30 second answer. Answer, So keep Mm -hmm. that in mind as you're watching them. And I always, um, like my fiance, for example, was pretty critical of people answering questions poorly on stage. And I'd pause it and say like, okay, you answer that question right now. You have 30 seconds, go. And he's just like, oh. Oh. <laughs> like, and I'm like, it's hard. It's not as easy as you think it might be. So it's easy to kind of be a, what they call a, uh, what's it called? Quarterback, a couch quarterback. What is that word? You know what I'm talking about? What people. Yes. But I or can't like a think back... of it. Oh, it's going to drive me crazy what that term is. But um, a, yeah, couch quarterback where you think you could make all the right decisions and do all the right things. Mm -hmm. Um, I will say it's pretty tough. I will say though, it depends on the pageant. So that's something that I think I've taught my friends is there's definitely beauty pageants and there's scholarship programs. So like Miss Congeniality, that is true. People do take pride in the fact they're like, this is a scholarship program. (laughs) 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 And that is different. Um, I remember one of the first big pageants I did after I did my little hometown one that I enjoyed. And the reason I started doing them more, um, I did a big Miss America prelim and I walked in, I was 16 years old. You have to walk in with a portfolio and what you want your legacy to be as a title holder. Um, You have to have a platform that you've dedicated so many hours to volunteering to. And I walked in talking about my platform. I think I remember it was um, having the confidence to say no. 
So that's a whole different conversation we can get into mm-hmm. about how I had some friends who couldn't say no to their, they didn't have the confidence to say no to drugs and ended up on a very different path than I did. And the first question, as I'm standing there in like my heels and my little suit and I'm, and there's six judges sitting in front of me, the first question they asked me, and this is years and years and years ago, I was 16, um, was, do you think that president Bush should admit whether or not he smoked weed in college? Why or why not? And the second question was, do you believe in abortion? Why or why not? I was like, uh, like I am 16 years old. (laughs) So some of the most difficult parts of pageantry aren't on camera, right? Those, those judges with those interviews with the judges are behind the scenes in the preliminary competitions. Mm -hmm. Um, And those are 30 minute, usually interviews um, with a panel of judges. And it can be really, really tough. So, yeah. That's crazy. The other side of that were beauty pageants, which I actually enjoyed the beauty pageants a bit more because you didn't have to do all that work. That sounds horrible. (laughs) Yeah, it does. Uh, The scholarship pageants, you had to show up, you had to do all kinds of actual work. You had to do um, a lot of rehearsals and stuff. And then the beauty pad, and that was over like weeks time and you showed up and they were all local. The beauty pageants, like the big USA program. Mm Mm-hmm. You would show up for the long weekend. You'd be assigned a roommate. You'd all stay together all weekend long. And it was just a little bit more of a fun weekend versus Mm -hmm. super competitive work weekend, like the scholarship program one was. So I did actually enjoy the beauty pageant ones more um, because the experience itself was a lot more fun. But I will say, ironically, with the beauty pageant one, something that they didn't, I didn't expect was when we showed up, the people that were with us, like I had my mom and my grandma usually with me or my sister. Sometimes my sister was with me, depending on if she was available. Um, they would ask those people to stay in an auditorium for a minute. And they would ask us to like go check in and get ready and everything. And the director of the pageant, at least for Miss Wisconsin, would give them this whole speech of supporting the girl who is here. It takes a lot of courage to get up on stage and do what they're doing. You should be very proud of them. Like it was a very uplifting weekend Mm -hmm. with the beauty pageant, which is so ironic. You would think it was the other way around, but it really was the beauty pageants were a lot more about empowering you and saying like, good for you for being up here. You want to put on your best self. Like it was, it was a good experience. Do you think it's more because with those, it's a lot on I guess how like your self is like being confident in yourself yeah. and having to be super confident because it's more than just looks and those you have to show that you want to be there and you got it whatever that yeah. is a hundred percent yeah I think it's because the people who performed well were not just simply the prettiest they were the ones who could strut you know they're the ones who could get on stage and stood out and they were like oh yeah you're a star, you know what I mean? Compared to like everybody else. So they just really wanted everyone to be super confident when they walked out on stage, either in swimsuit or in their evening gown. Um, yeah. So I do think it was about that. I remember the first time you invited me to one of your pageant parties. I was like, Oh, I don't want to watch a pageant. I was like, but she has snacks. So, (laughs) but then like, I ended up enjoying it and I like doing the bracket. And, um, I think my favorite to watch now is Miss Universe because it's Mm -hmm. just 
people from all over the world and then their costume contest is always just amazing what they come up with and come out in and it's I don't know they've been really fun yeah I'm looking forward to them actually happening again over the last year or so I think most of them delayed so it's kind of weird because they're just now crowning their 2021 Mm. queens for the next year so I don't know how that's going to work because they can't just like skip a year I guess they can't just have a like whole so now are all pageants from now on going to be a year kind of off yeah it was it's a weird yeah I have a question for you though Mm -hmm. how many dresses do you think that you have (laughs) oh god (laughs) I always pride I was always proud of myself because I was not the person so for example there was one girl who I remember convinced her parents to buy her a super, super expensive dress by saying, it's going to be white. I will also wear it to my wedding. And it was like $5,000. What? (laughs) Yeah. So, and you know, she didn't wear that for her wedding. You know (laughs) that that didn't happen. Mm -mm. Um, So I was always very proud of myself that for most pageants, I wore the same dress, but a couple of the pageants early on, I wore different dresses and they were... (laughs) you guys they were like f- from von mars clearance section one yes. was 30 dollars, one was 40 dollars. like they were not expensive at all which is fine like i i actually won in those cheap dresses and not the fancy ones once i moved up to the bigger big leagues um in my basement right now gowns i can count five in my head that i have down there that are actual like ball gowns oh the problem man. was is that you had a ton of other little like sundress situations. You had your intro one where it was like a little sundress, usually that had to be black or silver. Then there was the interview dress. Then there was just like rehearsals and stuff before that, that you had to be cute for. So I have a ton of just like little sundress cocktail dress type things. And then just a handful of gowns that I don't have in my heart to be able to give up. I can't sell At least it's nice with all of us being like somewhat the same size because yeah, I've yeah. seen your your little dress collection and like, <laughs> go shopping down there if we have events that we need to dress for. Yeah. <laughs> I am thinking that I might want to do a, a, a garage sale at some point and just put all my dresses out because I have put them on things like Poshmark before and tried to sell a bunch of them and I've sold a couple here and there, but nothing crazy and I was like you know what I should just have a garage sale and put all the dresses out so people can like see them in person and yeah grab them if they want we'll see well I'm looking forward to having a party at your house now that you yeah. have lots of space compared to your uh well the last one I think was at no we did have one at your condo at the I condo guess. yeah mm-hmm. I just remember all the ones at uh, the duplex that we shared together well even the condo remember I think the last one I had at the condo before COVID hit um, I think we fit like 14 people. Like it was what? one of those days where I was surprised. Like everybody showed up, you know, with pageant parties, it's like, Oh, they're usually on Sundays and people might show might not. And so I invite a bunch of friends and usually half show maybe, but this time, like everybody showed up and it was so many people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Okay. One thing I want to get your opinion on, because mm-hmm. I know you and I have talked about this before, because I definitely did have a misunderstanding at first about pageants. And I was like, I don't know, it feels kind of patronizing or something Mm -hmm. like that. Like I didn't get it. Um, 
So what is your opinion on the swimsuit portion? Because I yeah. feel like I understand maybe why that started, but because we're talking a little bit more about like scholarship and confidence and communication skills and public speaking, like it just doesn't necessarily seem maybe as relevant anymore. Yeah, that's a really good point. Um, so I think a lot of them have moved to athletic wear at that point. And you're talking about general health. And a lot of times they're asking questions in the interview portion, also about physical and mental health, making mm. sure that you are a good role model for people in general health. Um, and so they, they're having a hard time moving away from the swimsuit. I think that's like a tradition thing. And you mm. try to change something. It's just really hard to change. They're trying to change it more to be athletic wear and a reason to talk about health, which I think is a good thing. However, I will say, I think 90% of the women who I competed with or who are competing now, if they have the option to wear their swimsuit, they're going to, because you have worked on yourself in general, not just physical, but just generally yourself so much leading up to this event that you're proud of yourself and you're excited to show not just your body, just like your confidence and your ability to be like, not many people have been able to say that they've stepped out on stage fully, um, vulnerable like that in front of hundreds of people. Right. So I, yeah, I think they are trying to change it. And I think that's a good idea. I think it will take a lot of time. And I think a lot of women will still choose to do actual swimsuit instead of athletic wear, because they are just simply proud of themselves. Mm -hmm. And by athletic wear, do you mean like workout clothes yeah. and just wander out there in like sweatpants and a t-shirt? And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's like more uh, like like yoga outfits yeah, and stuff so far. However, with the scholarship program in particular, I've noticed that they've used it to talk about someone's um, like extracurricular sports, like someone might walk out in like a soccer uniform, for example, oh. and they'll talk about the soccer team that they're on. So that makes more sense is that it's more representative of how they personally take care of themselves. Like mm -hmm. how the things that they do and are involved in to help take care of themselves, that makes sense to me. And I, I do like that, but I think a lot of people will choose to still do swimsuit for a long time. I think that will be a long transition. So if both of you could pick an outfit that you would walk out for, for this category, what would you be wearing? <laughs> if I were building up to it and working on myself, both physically, mentally preparing myself to be in these interview situations and and then also working out a lot more because I knew I was going to be on stage in swimsuit. I would choose a swimsuit again. Hmm. Oh boy. I don't know that you could get me out like that. I <laughs> would maybe do the new workout thing where it's like shorts and the bra on top. I could maybe hmm. show my, my belly, but I like lots of coverage down below. <laughs> yeah. And something with pockets. Fun. <laughs> There's these real cute tennis dresses right now that could be cute for an athletic wear yes, competition. Yeah. I've seen those on TikTok. Cool. Mm -hmm. Tell me this. Is there any backstage sabotage? Yeah, it's hard to tell these stories because I say like the majority of people aren't like this, but there always are a couple no! of people that are like this. And so it just, it goes against what I'm saying, but I'm just telling you like, there's one bad person who you have to be careful of. And then everyone else is super nice. Um, yes. So there was a woman who didn't like me, didn't like my dad. It was because of softball actually. So in my hometown, he coached my softball team and she was kind of a rebel. So she got in trouble a lot and she, so she didn't like myself and my father. 
And then she decided to do pageants. And the first pageant I did, she was against me because it was very local, like hyper local, very tiny little thing. And um, her and I shared the Miss Congeniality Award because we tied. And I won the pageant and she told me, I'm going to follow you to every pageant and I'm never going to let you win again. Ah, Okay. So when I was doing the scholarship program pageants in my hometown, I was kind of doing all the local ones. She was always at them. And my mom didn't get to go out and watch the pageant. She had to stay backstage with my stuff because we didn't trust this woman. Oh Oh my gosh. gosh. Yes. And that's part of the reason why I moved up to the big leagues, because I knew that she wouldn't go to those. So the big leagues, I mean, are like Miss Illinois, USA and Miss Wisconsin, USA, where there aren't local pageants that lead to those. You just sign up for that weekend for that big pageant and you have to go and you have to pay money to be involved in those. Whereas the scholarship Mm -hmm. money, the scholarship pageant ones, I got money every time I participated. The beauty pageant ones, I had to pay to participate. So there was a difference. Yeah. But that meant that with the beauty pageant ones, the people who wanted to be there really wanted to be there. Whereas Mm -hmm. the scholarship ones, she would just go to all of them, get some scholarship money and just be a little shit to me the whole time. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So there are people like that every once in a while, but that's not the majority. There's one woman at the big league pageants that we called Barbie, (laughs) not to her face. (laughs) Um, because she would show up with a team. She had a whole team of people. She had airbrush. She had an airbrush makeup artist backstage with her and you had to pay to have people back there with you. So like I was allowed a person to come back and help me, but that was just, I always, my mom and that was it. Mm -hmm. But if you wanted like a team of people with you, you had to pay because everybody, if you can imagine 140 women in the back backstage with like a team of people, like absolutely not, there's no way. So they had to make you pay to have teams with you backstage so that not everybody was doing it and taking up all the room and everything. And she showed up with teams of people with t-shirts and bags with her name on them. And everything was bright pink and sparkly. And she had airbrush makeup artists and it was just over the top. And she moved from state to state. So you have to be, you have to have lived in an area for six months to be a resident, to Mm -hmm. be able to compete in pageants or be attending school in those States to be a a contestant. And she would jump from like school to school and pageant to pageant. She eventually won one and went to Miss USA. Whoa. But we called her Barbie. She looked like Barbie. She had like bright blonde hair and was like, had had some work done and stuff. And that sounds like the stereotypical version of what people probably think pageants are. Do a lot of people do that? Like hop around to States to compete in different ones just to try and get to that next level? I would say that's pretty extreme, but I have heard of a handful of people in my pageant career who did that. Yeah. Especially because if you win in one state, if you win a local like scholarship program pageant, you can't win that same local one again. Mm. So yeah, if, if you won the little local one and went to Miss Illinois America, for example, you could go to Miss Illinois America again, if you didn't win Miss Illinois just from the different counties. So you would jump from county to county and try to get to Miss Illinois. And the more chances you had at Miss Illinois, the more chances you have at winning Miss Illinois. Now, once you go to the national pageant, Miss Illinois, I mean, Miss America or Miss USA, you can only compete there once. So that's what everyone's also said is like, you have to realize this is more than our Super Bowl, right? Because a Super Bowl, you have a chance every single year to make it and to try and to win. In pageants, you get one try. 
you make it to that national level, you get one shot and you're, you can't do it again. So hmm. it's, it's kind of an extreme sport in that way. I have one more very important question. It's a two-parter. Okay. What's the strangest talent you've ever seen? And what was your talent? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So the strangest talent I had ever seen actually competing against was probably either it was, it was probably a monologue. Oh, bold choice. Yeah. There was a, there was a couple people that did like religious monologues. Oh, mm. yes. So that was just one that, you know, talent is all about impressing the judges and impressing the audience and monologues, I think were just tough to do mm-hmm. that. Now I have so much more strategy as an, as a grown ass woman versus when I was a teenager trying to do these things and I would do things differently. My pet, my, most of the time, my talent was dance. Cause that's what I did. I was on the dance team in high school and stuff. One time I sang and that was just because it logistically singing was so much easier. Like you show up to a pageant, you put on a different dress, you stand in front of a microphone dancing. You had to be concerned about the stage and if it was slippery or not. And all these other things, like how big was the stage? You had to alter your routine to fit the stage that you were on. And singing was just logistically so much easier, but I will say everyone has seen a lot of dancers and singers who are awesome. Mm-hmm. Most of the time when I was doing scholarship programs, there's one girl who I was actually friends with and was really nice, who was a trained opera singer. Was I ever going to look good <laughs> compared to her? No, <laughs> like, absolutely not. I should have done duck calling. Oh, because would nobody cool. would have known if I was great or not. They True. would have been impressed by the fact that I was able to do it because they can't do it themselves and they're not comparing you to anybody else. So my, that, my dad like was a class. I know the water glasses and Miss Congeniality. It's the unique one that no one has really yep. seen or heard before. That would be yeah. perfect. Well, think if you're a judge, you see dancer, dancer, singer, dancer, singer, dancer, singer, singer. And you have to try to like objectively say which one is best and which one you liked best. That's hard. Now, if you see dancer, singer, dancer, singer, monologue. Okay. Interesting. But I can stand up on stage and talk too. That's what judges think. You know, what can I do? Could I do it better than them? That type mm-hmm. of thing. Dancer, singer, dancer, singer, duck call. <laughs> <laughs> That's also why piano players typically did a pretty good job is because most people can't play piano super well. So when they see someone else do it, it's impressive. Mm -hmm. Um, So piano players typically did a good job. But again, logistically, that was a nightmare. They had to source a piano that they could get in there and make sure could get on stage and make sure was tuned appropriately. Like a lot of places, facilities where these pageants were held might have had a piano on site but they had to make sure it was tuned to what they like. You know what I mean? Like it's just logistically difficult. So man, oh man. Any other myths you'd like to bust for us? Otherwise I think I I can smell alcohol now. Yeah. (laughs) I I could go on forever and ever. We'll have to ask on social media if people have any Mm. other myths that we could talk about. But um, honestly, I will say that I walked into job interviews after graduating college 
with so much confidence, knowing I had already asked very difficult political questions and questions about how I would represent a whole community and talking about my job experience was so easy in comparison to that. Mm -hmm. So I will say that I think ultimately it helped me so much with my career. So um, don't judge, don't judge pageant girls too much. (laughs) And if you're (laughs) like a daughter who says she wants to do pageants, um, don't be too scared. I do think the majority of us come out of them with a lot of, a lot better skills. Yeah, that's true. That's true. All right. Well, all this beauty queen stuff has me a wanting to watch Miss Congeniality, but B also (laughs) needing a drink. So Amy, I believe you are up for our 60 second sips this week. Yes. So I have some questions. They're not really funny this time. I Oh, geez. Was, I was oh. in a crunch and just came up with these. So <laughs> we're ready. Hit All us. All right. Would you swipe yes or no to someone who resorts to the silent treatment to resolve arguments? No. No. Absolutely not. <laughs> Gives me an idea of your maturity level. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm going to drink for that one. What about they act differently around their family than they do with you? Can I say it depends? <laughs> oh, I know. I was going to say that too. <gasps> Olivia's going to say it depends. No. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Yes or no. No depends. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, I would. I would But too. I'd I want would to have a conversation yes. about it. About why. Yeah. Yeah. What about someone that complains about their relationship on social media? No, 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 no. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> no, that is our business. Mm-hmm. Um, yes or no to someone who constantly compares your relationship to other people's relationships? Yeah, I'd probably say no if it's constant. Man, I'm going to get drunk. I know. You keep, you keep making me say no. <laughs> Last one. Would you swipe yes or no to someone who stays friendly with exes? Well, it would be very hypocritical for me to say no to that one. I would say yes. I say no. We know I feel strongly about this. <laughs> mm-hmm. right, I don't trust that guys. person for a mile. I don't know. Amy, out of curiosity, since our minute is up, what would you say to that one? I would say it depends. No, I mean, my I, God. <laughs> I personally don't stay friends with my exes. I think there's only one, but that I'm still friends with, but that's it. I mean, we're not friends, friends, but like, you yeah. still yeah. social ish when I see my, co- he's from college. And so like my college, whenever we get together, like the college group of friends, I mean, like we're fine with each other. Yeah. He's married now. To someone that was also in our friends group. <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> this X thing though kind of brings up like a good question. What if someone like you go on a date with a guy and he brings up his ex in conversation within the first couple of dates? And I guess I mean that to any degree. Yeah. I mean, how long ago was the relationship? If it was yeah, recent, I mean, I'd feel probably some red flags that he's still fixated. 
Yeah. And like, is he bringing up his ex because you're talking about something? And he said, one time my ex and I went camping, you know what I mean? Like, is it just because he's bringing up a a relevant story? See, but I think you can have that conversation without bringing up the ex. So this one time I went camping. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. I'm okay with it, but you know, you know, I have, I have different opinions about exes and being able to have friendly relationships with exes and be okay with it. Yeah, I'd probably be okay with it too. Really? Because I feel <laughs> Olivia. <laughs> Olivia's like, no, no, no. Because that would give me the impression that they were still hung up on that person or still thinking about that person a lot. Like, are you really ready for a new relationship if you are bringing up your ex in conversation? What if you're bringing Not up necessary. your ex in conversation because you learned some lessons and you can talk about how you're a better partner now because you've had experience before and what if like it didn't end terribly and like they I mean they're so civil to each other and it's I mean that was like maybe it was a huge part of their life like that I mean you first date level importance you're getting to know me and you're talking about your ex if they just randomly bring it up like it's not I mean are they going into like a half hour conversation just talking about their ex and than just bashing them I mean it's like if it's just like mentioning yeah like oh yeah I went camping with my ex like it blah 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 blah. I mean most people mention who they went and did stuff with I mean what do you think it weird if they're like yeah I went camping with my mom and like the like the fact that they like said like who they went camping with that just happened to be their ex like if yeah hmm I'm skeptical oh go ahead no 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 go ahead I'm going to derail us a little bit. So oh, go then ahead. Don't do that. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm realizing now I'm a little bit of a hypocrite for saying that because, oh my God, I'm going to Amy this. It depends. <laughs> if you keep talking about my ex and I this, my ex and I that, my ex and I this, my ex and I that, like that's annoying. You're here to get yeah. to know me. Stop talking about mm-hmm. that person. However, and maybe this is because I'm getting fucking old and I don't got time to waste, but exes have come up in conversation on dates recently. And now I can't decide if I'm the one who says it or they're the one who says it. But for example, um, when was your last relationship? How long ago was that? Do you feel like you're over it? And like, why did it end? Like, I'm not expecting you to go in a big monologue, but I kind of want to judge like, hey, it was differences of opinion. Hey, she decided she wanted to move away for a job or like she turned out to be a crazy bitch. Yeah. That's a red flag for me if he's going to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You bring all like that up that. on a first date? Well, people are crazy. Amy, wow. We went over weird profiles last time. Have you not gotten a lot? <laughs> plot twist all of a sudden Olivia's okay with talking about this stuff on a first date and Amy's the one that's like wait a second right <laughs> yeah <laughs> like that's like a lot of like serious stuff to dive into when you're just meeting someone okay well then here's this question our ex is something that you want to talk about at some point let's say it's not the yes. first or second yeah. date but yes to what degree like not right off the bat. <laughs> oh, funny. Yeah, it's it's definitely something that like I think it's a red flag if 
you're extreme on either end. If you're talking about your ex constantly, or you refuse to talk about your ex, right. if I ask a couple of simple questions and you refuse to talk about it, what is happening there? So it's gotta be a happy medium. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely agree. If you're being shady about talking about your ex, that gives me an impression that you were probably part of the problem or a big portion of the problem. So that that's uh, not great I'd, to me. I'd find it a red flag if someone starts questioning me hardcore about my exes on my first date. I'd be like, okay, bye. Hmm. Good thing you and I aren't going on any dates. <laughs> I thought you guys were engaged in getting married. What's All happening? Right. We skipped oh, yeah. the dating stage. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't necessarily going to talk about this, but what if someone says that they haven't ever had a long-term relationship? That's what my fiance was. He had never yeah. had a girlfriend that he introduced to his family. I mean, That's wild. My current, my current boyfriend's the longest one I've dated before that but you've had relationships yeah you've had relationships before and like you're definitely one was the one right before it but that wasn't even serious I found out afterwards so Uh... (laughs) but yeah you're you're in your own league Amy your boyfriend (laughs) and you now talked for years via phone before you met each other like that is different most people are not in the same boat as you like before um, that, it was like I would date people for like two weeks, and that was the longest my relationships ever lasted. Yeah, yeah, that's how my fiance was. I will say it made me nervous. There was a part of me that thought at some point, is he going to want to explore relationships with others because mm. he didn't have that experience? Right. Um. So it was a factor when I was yeah. starting to talk to him for sure. It made me nervous. Mm-hmm. There's definitely this joke um, on like TikTok and Instagram where it's like dating in your 20s and it's someone asking, so where do you want to go on vacation? What's your favorite color? Blah, blah, blah. And then dating in your 30s. What are your childhood traumas and what have you done to deal with those? And how are you going to move forward? And blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Like I actually... Granted, I didn't know it was a date, so that's part of the problem. But where I was like, so tell me about your traumas. We literally swapped like trauma stories on what apparently may have been. I don't don't know. (laughs) (laughs) So, okay, fine. I guess it depends. Yeah. Ooh, we've turned her. I've had a lot of X things come up recently, and I just wanted your guys, I want to see your reaction to this. So my high school boyfriend who I dated for five years, I think five years, a long, it was a long time. Um, just recently moved back to our hometown and started working in the same kind of industry as my mother. And my mom stopped by his work. Well, he messaged her to be like, Hey, they're in a situation where they would refer clients to each other. Does that make Mm. sense? Yeah. Mm Yeah. Um, and he said, Hey, just so you know, I'm, I'm moving into this office where my mom had worked with the people there before. And she was like, Oh, awesome. Great. And she stopped by, gave him, I think like flowers or something to put in his office and like business cards. And they had a good friendly chat and they're like all friendly and everything. Now. <laughs> How do you guys feel about that? I don't like That's it. I don't fine. like it. I don't like it. Why? Yeah. Him and I did not end on good terms at the time. 
Um, obviously, cause it was my big, my first relationship. It was a big one. Like you transferred from high school into college together and everything. And it did not end well. However, years later, I've definitely been friendly with him. Like when I see him and his wife and his kids, I say, hello, he definitely runs around in the same circles as like my sister who's in my hometown still. So she's kind of friendly friends with his wife. Like, so it's just kind of a small world, small town situation. So I'm totally okay with it. I'm my mom and him are very much on good terms and everything, but, um, it's just kind of a weird thing. <laughs> I mean, it's what it's been, I almost said 20 years, but it's been 15 I mean, years. <laughs> yeah. It's been a I long mean, time. Yeah. I don't like my past creeping up into my present like that. You stay back there where you belong. Yeah. Well, in high school, I'm sure we were all different people in high school. Yeah. God, I hope so. (laughs) I will say it's been odd too, because you both randomly have brought up an ex of mine for legit reasons. Like, Hey, did you see that? So such and such happened like with a couple of my exes recently. And I will say, I think, well, one, I'm not super emotional when it comes to relationships like that. But two, I think just as we get older and into our mid thirties, I'm very much like, oh my gosh, that's so funny. Good for them. And I have no feelings about it. (laughs) Like I have more feelings about some (laughs) of your past relationships than you do. I recently had to unfollow one of your exes on social media because I was so irritated that he's got this new girlfriend that he seems to treat great and he didn't treat you anywhere near that great. And I'm like, that's fucking rude fucking rude and when that came up it was so funny because you were talking like that and I was like I know isn't she cute that was such a great like house that they bought together (laughs) and you were like no (laughs) which I very much appreciate I very much appreciate that Olivia I feel like I've gone most of my life without close friends that could back me up like that so I do very much appreciate that but I I only thought was oh that was a really good cupcake he gave me that yeah that's all she ever thinks about when he's brought up it's um, a really good cupcake. <laughs> we'll have to figure out where it was from and we'll have to get you more of those. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if it's just a sign of maturity. If it really is being in a healthy, stable relationship that you are in love with that it's just like, I don't care. Like I'm happy for them. I think it's great. I have no tinge and I would be honest. I have no tinge of, Oh, that hurts a little bit, you know? I think it's because you're in a really good spot. You're completely, yeah. I mean, you're over him and you've moved on with your life and you're in a really good place that, yeah, you don't need to waste emotions on that. Yeah. That's a good place to be. How bad of a place must I be in if I'm butthurt about her old relationship? <laughs> <laughs> no, you're just being a good friend. You are being a good friend. It's different when it's for friends versus for yourself. <laughs> Maybe he should give you a cupcake too. Maybe yeah. that would then, make it better. Then that's all you could think about. Yeah. When yeah. he comes up yeah. like Amy. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. All right. One more thing we have to talk about on this episode is something that I'm curious if we are too old for, and it comes from a real life dating story. I met this guy. We had like a pretty good date. We got some drinks, had some good conversation. He was tall. He was cute. He was a good kisser. Um, But in the conversation, we were just kind of talking about how we handled the pandemic and being like quarantined and stuff. And he brought up that he got really, really, really into edibles. Oh. I hold a personal opinion that 
once you hit like 30, you got to leave some of that kind of stuff in the past. It's very similar to me to being kind of the person who takes shots in the bar, which maybe I shouldn't talk, but <laughs> like we, we leave that in the past. We have outgrown falling asleep on people's futons, consuming edibles, like all of that kind of stuff. It's fine, I guess, when you're younger, probably a better choice in a state where it's legal, but it was a deal breaker for me. I couldn't stop thinking about it and I canceled our second date. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm very clear on this and that's, I know I'm not, I'm definitely in the minority because of what I talked about earlier (laughs) with having friends who chose to do Mm. drugs and go down the wrong way. They started with marijuana and it was very much like a gateway drug. I know that people don't believe that that's a thing anymore, but I watched it happen to some 12 year olds who dropped out of high school, became strippers. Um, so I have strong feelings against drugs. I just don't like them. It reminds me of a very bad time in my life. It reminds me of people who make me sad. So I, it definitely would be a deal breaker for me. I understand that some people can use marijuana in an appropriate way and it's not that bad, but Mm -hmm. I have a hard time with it. So I definitely would think it's a deal breaker for me. Right. I mean, if that's a constant using kind of thing versus like once a year maybe they take an edible like if it's once a year fine but if it's a constant thing like my last ex was I don't think he was sober once during our entire relationship which was 11 months so between alcohol and marijuana like he was never sober so see I think you bring up a good point too like if we're talking about a special occasion sort of activity i probably think differently about this like let's say I date somebody and they're gonna go for a bachelor party and that happens like fine I'm not witness to it do your thing but I don't know I'm not not on board with that yeah but like if he's just at home during the pandemic by himself and that's what he chooses to like get into Right. You know, other people have gotten into video games. <laughs> Legos. Which are also, yeah, Legos. also like video games, but this is worse, yeah. I think. Yeah. yeah. And he it even got- said, like, it got to a level where I said I needed to rein it in. And I was like, wow, that's a lot to tell somebody on a first date, first of all. But, you know, I'm glad you're being yeah. honest with me. Does age matter? Does age matter? Is it because we're too old for it? Or is it just like a never, never thing? I think just like alcohol, sometimes when you're younger, you're going to make bad decisions Mm -hmm. and you're going to make them more often because your friends are going to convince you to do it. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) So like, I do think age has something to do with it. You should be old enough and mature enough now to recognize when that's appropriate and when it's not. Yeah, totally agree. Well, I'm over 30. My chances of ever, I guess, trying an edible if that were a thing I wanted to do. I'm too old now. No, no pop brownies for me. Like you said, if there's a special (laughs) event of some sort, maybe then you'd make that decision. Who knows? You're ready for your 35th birthday. We're showing up with edibles. Oh, Lord. (laughs) Do me a favor and don't tell me. Just feed it to me. Oh, Lord. Oh, goodness gracious. Well, thank you guys so much for another great episode. Ashley, I'm glad you busted some myths for us. Uh, if anybody has any questions for Ashley, you'll have to hit us up on our socials and, and let us know. We'll bust some more myths. 
But I think that's it for today, guys. Cheers. 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 Thanks for listening. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Shots Thoughts Pod and Twitter at Shots Thoughts. And if you're enjoying these episodes, we would love it if you would rate, review, and subscribe. Cheers! Cheers.